0: Ecclesia is a new church trying to live out the way of Jesus in Princeton, New Jersey. We pray this teaching invites you to love Jesus and people more deeply and to embrace the full life that Jesus offers each one of us. Grace and peace to you. Our daughter Evie is six, and she'd really like for me to tell you that in just a little over a month, she will be seven. And as many parents do after their children are born, it becomes a fun game to play, figuring out what traits they get from each parent. Oh, she has your eyes. She has my smile, your hair, my confidence. And then there are some traits that no one wants to claim, right? Well, Evie is a planner. And out of the sheer fact that Ian and I are her parents, I will say she mostly gets that trait from me. She wakes up and it is on. We are executing the plan for the day while simultaneously planning for days and weeks, months, even years in advance. So 16 is going to be a really big year for Evie. In her mind, it's the year that she's going to begin building her submarine, wearing makeup to school, and begin texting her friends on her very first cell phone. 10 is also going to be a really big milestone for her. She's going to start her Save the Animal Club, and they are going to begin traveling the world, spying on poachers, and protecting the world's most endangered animals. Of equal importance to everything I just mentioned above, Friday is Pajama Day. And you better believe we have heard all about Pajama Day. One thing I love about Evie is once she has a plan, once she knows the day is coming, it is the best thing ever. Family game night out of this world, anyone's birthday. It's the best day of the year. An author popping onto her zoom class to read a book. She's shrieking with excitement. It's infectious. The days are coming. Now we've been in Jeremiah for the past several weeks and the Jewish people have been exiled to Babylon as punishment for their idolatry and disobedience. Beginning in Jeremiah 31, a resurrection or reversal from the punishments that God promised upon Israel comes into view. And we start hearing this phrase over and over again. The days are coming. Beginning in Jeremiah 31, 31. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest declares the Lord for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins. No more. Now the Jewish people are a small defeated nation under the thumb of an imperial superpower. Why would they ever think there could be hope for restoration? In such a situation as this, the prophet speaks words of promise. The days are coming. In verse 32, God promises this covenant will not be like the covenant made with their ancestors. The old covenant was made on Mount Sinai after God led the people out of the slavery in Egypt. Its basis was the law, the Ten Commandments, written on stone. Now, some features of the old covenant remain. God will continue to be the initiator of the covenant rooted in God's gracious action on behalf of the people. The goal will be the same to love God and to love their neighbor as God's chosen people in the world. What then is new about this new covenant? Verse 33 says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. The biblical understanding of heart is that it's the center of human intellect and will knowing what is right and having the desire to do it. Under the Old Covenant, the Ten Commandments were written on tablets of stone and posted for all to see. The trouble with such external guidelines is our old hearts desire to resist them as outside interference and imposition upon our own internal yearnings to go our own way. The old heart, Jeremiah proclaimed, is deeply engraved with an evil inclination to rebel against God and God's law. Jeremiah 17.1 says, The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron, with a point of diamond it is engraved in the table of the heart. Jeremiah promises that God will replace this deeply engraved sinful heart with a new heart engraved with God's law written in God's own handwriting. People will not obey because they are supposed to obey, but because they naturally want to obey. We will love God and neighbor often without realizing what we are doing. He makes all things new. In this covenant, God promises a generous forgiveness that wipes the slate of the past totally clean. From the least to the greatest— Jeremiah 31, 34 says, I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. We often place tight limits on forgiveness, right? Just as Peter asked Jesus how many times we forgive those who wrong us. Seven times, he asked. No, Jesus reflecting on a new covenant kind of forgiveness corrected Peter. No, 70 times seven. This forgiveness is generous and extended to all from the wretched and despised to the great and the honored. What a message for the Jewish people. Their current narrative is dominated by despair. They are doomed as people. The temple is gone and have broken their covenant. They are exiled in response to their pagan worship. They are described as an unfaithful wife and rebellious children. Their hearts don't know obedience and they are curious if God could ever forgive them. Can you relate? I know I can. The story in Jeremiah might not be your exact story. It's not mine. But I encourage you to ask yourself, what dominates your narrative? What is the script you are living? Where do you feel stuck, exiled with no hope for restoration? Maybe you feel slave to your feelings and affections. You have to feed that which you desire. You think that will bring you fulfillment. Maybe you feel you will always more or less be the same person. We can't change, and perhaps we don't want to. Maybe you are a slave to success. It is on us to provide for ourselves and our families. We should get all that we can. The fulfilling life is found in that next number in the bank account, that next promotion, that next recognition. For me, that one stings a little. It's been almost a year to the day that we have not met regularly in person. Indoors, no mask. Maybe you feel alone, isolated, sorrowful for what was lost. If we all in some way resonate with this collection of exiled people, how do any of us think there could ever be hope for restoration? Ezekiel 37 paints the picture vividly. And this honestly is some of my favorite text. And starting in verse one, it says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Just as God breathed life into the dust, bringing Adam to life, God breathes new. God breathes renewal to the Jewish people, restoration to the valley of dry bones, and he can breathe new life in you. He makes all things new. The only hope for a fresh move within is God himself. In and through Jesus, God continues to forgive, renew, and call his people into right relationship with him and with one another. God is faithful even when we are not. God isn't waiting for you to get your life together, to figure it out, to finally wise up. God comes to us at the depths of our despair and the decay of the grave and says to the dried bones, Live, because he loves us. That's it. His fierce desire is for us, and he will put a spirit in us to show us that he is ultimately longing for our hearts. He gave his life on a cross so that our hearts can be made new. God places a new heart within us to reorient our desires. We are no longer slaves, no longer exiles, no longer in despair because of God's spirit. John 20, 20 to 23 says, After he said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord jesus said to them again peace be with you as the father has sent me so i send you when he has said this he breathed on them and said to them receive the holy spirit the days are surely coming when god's promises are fulfilled the days are surely coming when god leads us on paths of righteousness the days are surely coming the kingdom of god is near Let us worship with wonder and hope. The days are coming. The days are surely coming. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your everlasting love, for your forgiveness and mercy. Fill our hearts with newness. Bring life to our dry bones. May we walk with confidence and know that surely we will see your goodness in the land of the living. The days are surely coming. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, please visit com.